Welcome to the Health and Wellness Talk Show with Dr. Daniela Stein. Dr. Stein is a medical doctor, wellness expert, and assistant clinical professor in family medicine. Her mission is to inspire and enable you to live your best possible life with optimal health. Prevent disease through healthy lifestyle choices and use food as medicine to support longevity, energy, mental clarity, happiness, and well-being. Join us today as she interviews guests, empowering you to live your best life with optimal health. Connect with Dr. Stein at www.daniellastein.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel today. Good day and welcome to the Health and Wellness Talk Show. I'm Dr. Daniela Stein, and today I have with me Dr. Kirsten Lindner. Kirsten, welcome. Thank you so much, Daniela. It's amazing to have Kirsten with me. So I work at the Oakville Hospital with Kirsten, and she's known as our geriatrics doc. So she's a family physician like me, but she has a special passion and interest in geriatrics. So I'm going to tell you a bit about Kirsten. She studied at McMaster University Psychology and Gerontology. And gerontology is specifically a study about older people. And we classify people as geriatrics when they're older than 65, right? Technically, yes. Technically. Yeah. And we'll chat about that a little bit later on. But age isn't really a number. Some people will be at a younger age in an older body. Some people, some of our patients in hospital are 100 and they're strong and healthy and going, doing so well first time they visit the hospital. So, but generally in our, in Canada, we say that people are geriatric if they're more than 65 years. Then after that, you did your, um, you studied medicine at Queen's mm-hmm. University and then you did a family medicine residency. I did. Yes. And, yeah. and Kirsten had 20 years clinical experience and you've done everything. Very comprehensive family practice. You work in hospital medicine. That's where we work together. That's how I know you. And you also work in long-term care. Mm-hmm. And then specifically now through the pandemic, you were very involved in everything long-term care, keeping patients safe. And there has been so much happening with our seniors during the Mm -hmm. pandemic. This was was quite a big thing. And I think Mm -hmm. you were taught like years. You you gained years of knowledge, right? In a very short span. For sure, yeah. And then also a reason why you're so passionate about healthy aging is your personal journey. Can you Mm -hmm. tell our listeners about that? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up very close with my grandparents and, um, as they aged, my mother had to become increasingly involved in helping them, um, to the point where I became a helper and really a primary caregiver myself. So that's sort of what inspired my interest in aging, um, and older people in general. And so that, and that's why I pursued, um, my studies in gerontology and gerontology is actually also the study of aging in general. So I really gained a great understanding of, you know, what it is to age, what is aging itself from a biological perspective, a psychological perspective, social, cultural. Um, There's so many aspects of aging that are important. And many of those things impact how one ages in in and of itself. Um, Saying that everyone doesn't age the same. Different people age different. Yeah. And even in terms of, you know, from the biological perspective, for example, genetically, some people just happen to be better agers than others. Some people are more prone to the diseases of aging than others. Um, 
from a lifestyle perspective, the things that we do, the exposures that we have make a difference. They matter. And so all of these things um, are things that I was learning about. And it really excited me to learn um, about how impacting all of these things were. And it inspired me to pursue a career in medicine because I wanted to be able to apply that knowledge in a practical way. And, and you understand everything very well because apart from your grandparents that inspired you, mm-hmm. you are now caring, you have a young family, mm-hmm. you have a full-time practice, you work in long-term care, and then you're also helping navigate your parents' care because mm-hmm. your parents are now in that age where they are aging. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Yeah. So my parents are great examples of some of the points that I just made. From a genetics perspective, my parents are lucky. They both have parents that aged well into their 80s and 90s. Unfortunately, towards the end of that time, suffered you know from chronic illness such as um, cancer and dementia. Um, but up until their 80s and 90s, they were actually high functioning and quite well. My parents are very active people. Um, they've taken care of their health, and right. so. A lot of the things that we see present in some of our patients in their 60s and 70s, my parents only started experiencing in their 80s. Which is wonderful. Yeah, so we're really lucky and I'm grateful for that. But at the same time, we are now starting to see some of these things surface. So both my parents have contended with cancer diagnoses in the past couple Mm -hmm. years. Um, One of my parents has cognitive impairment that is progressing and requires more and more support. And so um, through all of that, it's just given me a a totally new appreciation and understanding for it on the other side. Oh, for sure. Because you're not not just the doctor saying, oh, Mm -hmm. this is the disease. You are now the child taking your parents to appointments, navigating the health system. And you're in that sandwich generation where you're caring for little kids and you're also caring for Mm -hmm. parents. I call that the panini press. (laughs) That's (laughs) The sandwich sandwich generation on steroids, yeah. And it really is, you know, it is quite a pressure cooker at times. And, you know, trying to navigate all of that in your career um, can be challenging. Um, But, you know, having the right supports are really important. And that's another thing I'm very passionate about is helping patients and their families find those supports and, um, you know, propping themselves up so that they can navigate through this period successfully. Yes, that's a big thing. That's a very big thing. And I'll put your contact details in the description below. Mm So let's talk about aging. Mm-hmm. How do we age well? Mm-hmm. That is such a big thing. A lot of um, clients that see me at Wellness MD, their big thing is they're now at an age where they realize exactly mm-hmm. like you, they see parents age and they see for some people it is so hard, for some mm-hmm. people it is easier. Mm-hmm. What can we do to age well? Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's the million dollar question really um, in some ways. But fortunately, we have growing research that is informing us about uh, the fact that there are things that we can do to age better and to age well. Um, I think most of us don't really think about aging until we start feeling the effects of aging. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) For me, I know it wasn't until I hit my 40s and started, you know, kind of pulling back further and further on my book that I was like, oh, maybe something's <laughs> happening here, you know? And so age-related vision changes yes. are often the first thing that people notice. Um, and it's a sign that the cumulative effects of cell changes over the span of our life are starting to have an impact on our tissues and our organs. Um, and so, 
there's a concept called senescence, which is where our cells sort of slow down in their dividing and growth and eventually stop growing. Um, and then just start to age and deteriorate. But senescence are good. There's a reason we have senescence. Exactly. So senescence actually has a protective factor because without that, um, cell growth can become accelerated. It can become out of control and it can lead to tumor development and cancer. So it is an adaptive thing, but the cumulative effect over time is that our cells and tissues are aging. Mm. And so then you start to see that effect in all aspects of the person from, you know, their skin to their eyes, uh, to their cardiovascular system, to their muscles, bones, and joints. Just being stiff when you get up in the morning. Yes, exactly. Playing basketball with your kids and they're not, oh, I should not have done that. Exactly. And even energy levels. And a lot of people will say in their 40s, that's when they start really noticing the effect. So they start feeling less energy. They feel more tired. They may have disrupted sleep. Um, They generally are feeling less resilient to things like illness. Mm. Um, And so it's really that time where I think we need to become much more mindful about the way that we're living our lives and the choices that we're making. Yeah, so talk about that a bit, that mindful aging, Mm -hmm. because that is something that you're an expert in. It's really, what does mindful aging mean? Mm You know, the word mindfulness has become really trendy and, uh, you know, a lot of people are becoming increasingly aware of it. And there's a reason because mindfulness matters. Being aware, really, that's what mindfulness means. It's becoming aware. And once you're aware, then you can take control. You can become knowledgeable. You can make the right choices. So it really starts with awareness Mm -hmm. and learning. And so what I'm hoping more and more people will come to realize is that the choices that we make, whether it be, you know, in terms of our um, dietary choices, our lifestyle choices, you know, the activities that we choose to participate in, um, the sleep that we choose to have or not have. Or not have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The hobbies and activities we choose to do. um, All of these things actually will impact how you move forward in your aging from your 40s onward. I often tell people that, you know, you kind of have a free pass until you're 40. We are so resilient as human beings. Our physiology, you know, has this amazing ability to regenerate. But then that senescence piece kind of starts coming in. And by the time you're in your 60s, you're really into sort of an accelerated decline unless you're doing things to stimulate the healthy part of your body. And, and that's really the heart of our talk, why we're having the talk, because we want to empower you. We want to empower all of our listeners, which things can we do to age well? So you said mm-hmm. that it's inevitable to age, everyone yeah. age. It's an adaptive process. Our genetics play a very big role in that. Mm-hmm. Can you mention a bit, little bit about genetics? Mm-hmm. You said that you have good genes. That's yes, good. You, your mom. Yes, and that's wonderful. If I just like compare the life expectancy to people in South Africa, to people yeah. in Canada, I was when I moved here, I was like, yes, now I'm going to live longer. <laughs> <laughs> whereas there, people yeah. are more plagued with HIV and, and mm. TB and infectious diseases. Yes. Whereas here, yeah, we're more plagued with, with cancer, but we have more longevity in Canada. Mm -hmm. So talk a bit about genetics. Mm -hmm. Um, So genetics is, uh, you know, kind of a 
growing field in the realm of aging. Um, there's a lot of very exciting research actually happening right now in the world of genetics and aging. And they've now discovered, and actually Harvard has been at the center of a lot of this research, um, they've now discovered that there's actually specific genes that are responsible for our health and how we age. And so they're called sirtuins. And they're starting to understand that there's actually an impact on these genes. We can upregulate the activity of these genes based on some of the things that we're doing. So, and that's why it's important because some people think oh, it's genetics, have good genes, bad genes. Mm -hmm. But what you're saying is you have that gene, we can identify the gene, but then there's that field of epigenetics where we influence our genes. Mm -hmm. So you are born with genes, but things that you do mm -hmm. then influence those genes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they influence the pathways that um, modulate all of the molecules and, and things that sort of interact in our bodies to help us be healthy and well. Um, so things like exercise, for example, those upregulate the molecule, molecules that interact with those genes. So and that's why it's important if someone is listening and you say, I want to age mindful, I want to age well, mm -hmm. then you have to exercise. <laughs> and, and different exercise for different people. For some people, it's really stretching. For some people, it's going for a walk. Some people need to do a little bit more cardiovascular exercise. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. different types of movement for different bodies, mm -hmm. but to be aware and, and to do it. Yeah. So and that's the genetics part and the environment plays a big role. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you were mentioning infectious disease. Yes. You know, fortunately, we live in a time where, you know, we're not dying because we got infected from a splinter in our finger. Yes. Um, you know, we have medicines that are available to us to, that actually help improve our longevity. Yes. So, you know, there are the benefits of medicine that that do that for us. Um there are other environmental factors that influence these things as well. So in terms of, you know, water quality, for mm. example, uh, not everybody has the benefit that we do to have a clean water source. Mm. Um, even in terms of the food that we eat and the yes, environment and the, the chemicals that are used to help grow our foods, you know, whether you're making choices to avoid those chemicals or not matters. Um, and then if our listeners want to find out more about that, there is a website, Environmental Working Group, ewg.org, where you can go and have a look to read up a little bit more about that, you know, which foods are more prone to have pesticides on, mm -hmm. to maybe consider rinsing your food, which foods to avoid. There, there's such a wealth of knowledge out there, mm -hmm. but I think it's not, there is no um, benefit for anyone to really p publish it. You won't see an ad on the TV, eat these foods that are healthy, avoid these foods, because, you know, no one is making money mm -hmm. out of it. There's no monetary gain, but we can educate ourselves. Okay, if we want to live longer, we have to avoid environmental toxins. These are the things I've, specifically for endocrine hormone disruptors, mm -hmm. I've on my website a free ebook that you can download. It's on www.wellnessmdhealth.com. And you can go to the hormone ebook and just download that. It talks about endocrine disruptors. If you're looking at food, you can have a look on that ewg.org. And then just to be aware that there are things in your environment which you rather mm -hmm. want to avoid. And then there are things that you can do to really increase that longevity and, and that health mm -hmm. span. You don't mm -hmm. just want to live long, but you mm -hmm. want to live long for healthy. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because we see that in hospital, right? Where we have people 
quite young, but that's mm-hmm. significant disease where they yeah. maybe have heart disease, diabetes, on dialysis and quite young. And then we have people much older with mm-hmm. no disease. Yeah. So so our heart is really to help people to not just increase longevity, but how do we age well? Yeah, how do we stay healthier for longer and yes. have only a very small or no period of ill health or suffering? Um, and that's where some of that research is focusing on, actually. So it's very exciting. That's incredible. I love mm-hmm. it. So environment is a big one. The other big one mm-hmm. is stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no doubt uh, that the cumulative effects of stress impact our health and wellness. Um, you know, I know that you've done quite a lot of education around the impact of cortisol and yes. how that impacts us. And, and that really does have a very um, negative impact on our, um, you know, general physiology and our ability to um, stave off even disease, yes. you know, infectious disease. It ages you. It literally ages you. Yes. So cortisol, for our listeners, is a hormone that your body secretes when there is any threat to your body. It's very normal. If a lion is chasing you, if a bear is chasing mm-hmm. you, your body secretes cortisol. It increases your blood pressure, increases your heart rates, open up your lungs, and then you can run very fast. You can run away from that bear. Mm-hmm. However, if you secrete cortisol because of a stressful relationship, because of a stressful job, because you're um, seeing your newsfeed on your phone, that continue to be secreted and you don't have an end mm-hmm. spot. You just continue to secrete that stress hormone and then it becomes harmful to your body on the long run mm-hmm. and it literally ages your body. Mm-hmm. That is that is quite significant, mm-hmm. the effect that stress has. Mm-hmm. And then we can do with our lifestyle, we also can choose lifestyles that are more, more stressful mm-hmm. and lifestyles mm-hmm. that are less stressful, right? Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. the next thing with, with how do we age well are, are certain lifestyle choices that we yeah, make. Absolutely. And um, I often think of a patient that I had back in the hospital maybe 15 years ago. Oh, okay. He was a really interesting guy. He was in his mid-90s. He was in for a fairly minor surgical procedure and he didn't look his age at all. And so whenever I'm faced with somebody who appears to be aging well and successfully, um, I always ask them, you know, what are you doing? How did you get to here? And uh, how can how can I do that, you know? And so he told me his life story. And he told me about how when he was young, he was living it up. He was, you know, a high-powered executive in a very stressful job. He was, you know eating well or not well, uh, drinking, smoking, not physically active at all, and admitted he wasn't looking after his body at all. And he had a health scare in his 40s. And as a consequence of that, he had kind of like an aha moment and was like, oh my gosh, I'm facing my mortality here and I want to still live for decades to come. So I've got to change some things. Um, and so he did. And so at that point in his life, he totally pivoted. He started um, eating a much better diet. He cut out red meat for the most part, became primarily vegetarian. He stopped smoking. He stopped drinking alcohol excessively. He started becoming active. Oh, and, good for him. Yeah. And when he I mean, described... Just being, the trajectory. Exactly. And when he talked about being active, he talked about three different things. And he said, so he kind of, you know, kind of compartmentalized it in a way. 
And so he talked a lot about like the physical activity and then mental activity and then social activity. And that was actually what was propelling him through his later years. So he was maintaining his physical activity well into his 90s. He was not even using a walker. Oh, wow. Which in your 90s is quite remarkable. Um, He was stimulating his mind on a regular basis. And that's a big thing, right? If we say, how how do we want to age well? We Mm -hmm. want to be very sharp in our Mm -hmm. older years. Yeah. And so, you know, there's lots of research that shows the more you challenge your brain, the more it responds. So, you know, learning a new skill, engaging in a new hobby, all of those things create new neural connections that will be protective over time for you. I even read when we were deciding our kids, do we want to raise them bilingual Mm -hmm. or just one language? Then I read that people Mm -hmm. who have to speak two languages on a daily basis, their mean onset of age of Alzheimer's disease is four years later than people who just speak one language every day. So it is at 74 years, your mean onset of age of Alzheimer's disease. Mm -hmm. But then if you have to speak two languages just because your brain is like... Mm-hmm. engaged in that area at 78. Yeah. And then if you don't know more languages, but we have Rosetta Stone to help people, yes, but it's exactly. hard. I've tried Spanish, French, it's very hard. It is hard. <laughs> and it's hard as an adult learner, it's actually. Serious. But that's the point, actually. You're, so you're using exercising brain. your brain. And But it doesn't just have to be that. It can be a new hobby, like you said, yeah. to learn an instrument, to do yeah. things that, that challenge you a bit. Well, I'm learning the piano right now. Good for you. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. And let me tell you, I have not been that mentally challenged since <laughs> medical school. Really. Like it's I'm exhausted after my after my piano lessons. And it's because it's just I'm using my brain in a whole different, different way. way. Um so yeah, so and then finally it's the social piece. So what people don't realize is how... I'm going to pause, sorry, if you just put it the other way around, if that's a magnetic, oh. it's, it's fine, it just... Um, and so then there's the social piece, and that's what a lot of people don't really recognize or value enough, I think, is how important those connections are, those mm-hmm. connections with others. And in this world of, you know, increasing technology, decreasing contact with other people, it's really having an impact on us. And we didn't recognize the extent of the impact before mm-hmm. the pandemic. Yeah. And you work in long-term care. So you saw when we isolated people for their own safety, yeah. they became socially isolated and how harmful it actually is for mm-hmm. your health. We mm-hmm. need that connection. Absolutely. Yeah, we really do need to connect. And that was something else that really um, struck me in, in chatting with this gentleman, um, you know, he had just moved into a retirement home, not really because he needed the supports, but because his family were kind of worried about him being on his own. I'm pushing um, my parents as well. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's one of the benefits, actually, of moving from, you know, a home environment to um, a setting where there's other people around, because it does allow you to engage more. And he did talk about that. He talked about the fact that, you know, he was making new friendships. Even mm. just that, getting to know a new person is a really um, stimulating uh, experience and it does require a lot of your brain to be able to maintain uh, that kind of an interaction. Um, He was also talking a lot about the other people that were there and some of the um, people who were trying to befriend him Ah! as he had moved in because um, as we know oftentimes it's it's really especially of that generation women who have been aging longer or have longer life expectancy so he was a bit of a novelty in the (laughs) retirement home 
And I said, well, that's great. You have some potential new relationships. And he's like, are you kidding me? They're all too old for me. And they were all in their 80s, you know? And so he, this is this goes to show too, like the value of mindset. So yes, your so age himself. is a number. Mm. Your age is not who you are. So it doesn't- Oh, that's powerful. Mm-hmm, yeah. And you have the power to change that. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for spending time with me. I'm going to stop here because that's so powerful to ponder on this one that our age Mm -hmm. is a number, but then we have the power. Mm -hmm. And that's really what you're passionate about is education around that healthy aging. And then something else you're so passionate about is to help people in your situation to Mm -hmm. navigate our care system for their parents Mm -hmm. and to help people in the sandwich generation, moms like us, with yeah. little kids working full time, how to navigate to to enable our parents mm-hmm. to, to to have optimal quality of life when yeah. they age. Because that is the key, isn't it? Yes. You really want to enjoy life for as long as you possibly can. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kirsten. Thank I you really so much, Daniela. It's been a pleasure to be here it's today. It's been lovely. Thank you. And I know our listeners really gained from this. Please send them the comments below. I want to hear from you. I answer all the questions. You can just comment, you can email me, you can have a look on my website, www.wellnessmdhealth.com. Will you please, on this YouTube video, press hit and subscribe and then turn on notifications because then every time when I upload a new video, you'll get a notification every time I post a video and you can subscribe to my newsletter. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Health and Wellness Talk with Dr. Daniela Stein. Subscribe to our YouTube channel today. Connect with Dr. Stein at www.daniellastein.com. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your healthcare provider. Never disregard medical advice or delay seeking it because of something you have heard on this talk show. Remember, you were created to thrive.